This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. I'm Nick Hoadley, and each week you can join me as I interview leading InsureTech executives from around the world. We will be learning about the different InsureTech technologies and finding out how they can be a benefit to both insurance brokers and carriers when it comes to delivering for your customers. We'll also be learning about the different career opportunities available to insurance leaders within the InsureTech space and what benefits that can give to your career. I hope you enjoy the show. Calling. Today, I'm joined by Arun Balakrishnan, who is the CEO and Chairman of the Board at Exceedance. Welcome to the show, Arun. Thanks for having me and Nick. Look forward to our discussion. Really looking forward to hearing from you today, Arun, and finding out more about your business. Before we go into that, though, Arun, would you mind giving our listeners a little bit of a background into your career and the journey that led you to setting up Exceedance? Sure, Nick, my career has uh, taken enough turns, uh, so I'll try to keep it short. But quick uh, background, I started my career in the Merchant Marine as a navigating officer. Uh, After a few years, decided to go do an MBA and uh, went to one of the good schools in India, uh, which has produced a lot of entrepreneurs. It inspired me to start a business straight out of college. Uh, So myself and a batchmate of mine, we both started our business straight out of college in the online insurance aggregation space. In in retrospect, when we think about it, people weren't buying books online and we were trying to sell insurance online in India. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine what led to that, what was the consequence of that. But having said that, and I think about it, I think in many ways, it was not just us being early. It was also there were things we could have done better, learnings and lessons from there. Uh, fortunately, the good thing which happened out of that was I got the gig for being the Berkshire Hathaway uh, Insurance Group CEO in India, which was primarily to build out a direct business in India. And I was also helping with some of the reinsurance underwriting which happened there. Hmm. Did that from 2010 to 2013. It was great working with a company like Berkshire Hathaway. Amazing. It allowed its CEOs to be a lot entrepreneurial. Uh, and hmm. so this was a chance for me to do and the same vision we had as a startup more with capital and a good brand name. And uh, in 2013, the laws around insurance, investment ownership for foreign companies not changing, Berkshire decided to exit the direct side in India. And at that point of time, you know, had a good opportunity to set up a company like Exceedance. And Berkshire Hathaway became our key clients to begin the business. And we started off with a you know, a services organization, uh, more focused on insurance, uh, actually exclusively focused on insurance, right? And uh, for me personally, it was a chance to be an entrepreneur again, but uh, more importantly, working with a company I love working with. And that's kind of how the genesis of Exceedance was. And uh, two senior management people of Berkshire India joined me in co-founding this company, uh, Amit Tiwari and Manish Khatan. And uh, about 10 more people from Berkshire India joined us in this venture. And new group companies of Berkshire Hathaway became our key clients. 
when we started the company, one thing we realized is none of us had ever done services in our life. Uh, we were all insurance executives. Uh, so we decided to stick to what we know. Uh, that was one. Second was we felt that the opportunity of a services company in India has to move away from just being labor cost arbitrage and it has to be about expertise. Uh, so rather than building another BPO, another IT company or another analytics, we decided we'll do all of these, but only for one industry. Mm-hmm. So our vision was to be entirely focused on one vertical, which is insurance and create the whole value chain around that with the ultimate vision of being able to work with anybody on all aspects of insurance, except providing capital or distribution. That's That's how the company started. And that's how the journey began in 2013, June. (laughs) It's a brilliant journey, a very interesting story. And um, it's great to see how the businesses develop from there. Before we get onto that, though, as we are in the insurance coffee house today, Arun, share with our listeners, what's your go-to coffee of choice in the morning? Uh, I'm actually a tea drinker, right? So, I mean, coming from India, the masala chai or the ginger tea is what is my go-to poison in the morning. (laughs) And that's how I start. So, I do like coffee too, but tea is my poison, so to say. (laughs) Tea is the preferred choice in the moment. Now, that's that's fair enough, Arun. So, yeah, if you wouldn't mind sharing with our audience a little bit more about the business uh, what it does, what services it provides, and, and where the business is at the moment. Oh, sure. Uh, so, like I mentioned to you, you know, our simplest value prop, you know, description of the exceedance business is think of us as an insurance company without capital or without distribution, right? So, our services really go along multiple areas. Uh, on right, on the if you look at the front office side of it working with underwriters uh, and providing them some underwriting services, uh, actuarial services in, around product development or you know rating of policies led to catastrophe modeling and things like that, which help the underwriters in placing a business, quoting for business. And then it starts the back office functions around operations, claims, finance and accounts, and you know everything to supporting the various function elements there. And everything which underlies all of this is technology. So we have a large technology services team which helps with implementations of core systems or creating customer applications, BI reporting, and another horizontal which goes through and through for us is our data science and analytical services, which go, you know, either could be helping underwriters evaluate the books of profitability or, you know, better productivity ratios around producers and things like that. So our area of focus really is PNC. I mean, we have a life business, but still a small portion of our business. Uh, we hope for that to grow materially as well. But within PNC, uh, we focus more on commercial PNC than P- uh, personal lines, right? So personal lines would be about 20% of a business. A large segment comes with working with commercial underwriters, uh, company markets, Lloyd syndicates, MGAs, brokers, reinsurers, that that landscape of uh, clients. And uh, over the eight years now, we have grown to a global team of almost 2,200 teammates, uh, out of which uh, a lion's share are in India. But we also have delivery of operations out of uh, Poland and US, where we have 
almost 150 and 100 people out of the team. And besides that, sales and marketing teams in UK, Australia, uh, Liechtenstein, and uh, Germany now as well. Extremely fast growth business and been exceptionally successful up to this point, Arun. What would you say are the sort of the key characteristics of the services that you provide? What and um, what benefits do they provide either to those insurance carriers or brokers or MGAs that you work with? So, I mean, I would like to characterize that as, uh, yeah, it's not only an expensive one, right? We always like to say that, you know, the fact that it is happening in a lower cost location means the services are cheaper. That is an incidental outcome and not the value proposition. And we urge our clients to look at it in that manner as well, right? So some of our most successful clients who have really leveraged us very well have leveraged us not just for improving their expense ratio, but also helping improve the productivity of their underwriters or their brokers. So if you think about an experienced underwriter who earlier could do, you know, look at three policies in a week, right? If we can help create an ecosystem which helps him focus on the right areas and use automation, people or expertise to enable him to write six or 10 a week, you know, that's the kind of productivity enhancement which really benefits. And that's how we urge our clients to think of us as well. It's not just a cost uh, or an expense ratio benefit, but if you can help your underwriters do more, a better analysis, which results in a better loss ratio, things of that nature, that's when we our value is really maximized. And uh, the, the other aspect of it is the culture of it as well, right? Yep. Is when clients treat us as partners in the process uh, and not just a vendor who's been given something to do, which nobody wants to do, then that culture of treating us as a partner helps them do and grow in a much more efficient manner. So that's where I would describe as the right way to approach the business and clients. Because see, our business is such as each customer, each client we work with, right? Uh, Their business is different. The lines of business they look at could be different. Could be a high premium, low ticket, low transaction volume, or it could be low premium, high transaction volume. So there isn't a one size fits all. We really need to create the right ecosystem of support. And it's usually a balance between people, process, and technology. Yeah. Right? So in some areas, technology might be 80% and people and expertise 10% and process another 10%. In somewhere else, it could be 20% people, 40% process, 40% technology implementation. So we like to work with each client and defining how, what is the best target operating model for them? What are the best areas we could bridge for them using these three levers? And that's really what our engagement model is. Fantastic. So it's not a traditional offshoring model to save on costs. It's actually about increasing efficiency, increasing quality, increasing productivity as well as having the benefit of reducing costs as well, which is uh, very much secondary to that. Exactly. And, you know, as I mentioned to you, a lot of our clients are large commercial clients as well, right? So it's not a cookie cutter process. No. Their policies are snowflakes themselves, right? So Mm. if you want to create something which is just a one size fits all and, you you know, try to treat it like an assembly line, it just won't work, right? So. Uh, so it's important to adopt technology and automation mm. wherever possible, but it requires that subject matter expertise. Otherwise, it just fails, right? So 
Yeah. That's how I think we've been able to approach it differently. And I know that you're based yourself over in Boston in the United yes. States. Is is the U.S. a big market for you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, U.S. is a big market uh, and, you know, I think still a majority share of our revenues and clients are based out of North America. Although we have material business both in the U.K. and Europe region as well mm-hmm. as in Australia, mm-hmm. um, but the big group for us is in the U.S. And in fact, our largest client uh, is based out of Boston as well. So when, you know, first two years of the business, I was killing myself being on a plane. Uh, it just made sense to be closer to our clients. And I, it just made sense to be closer to your largest client and your key anchor too. So that's how Boston ended up happening for me. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Arun, if you were to have a look forward now over the next couple of years at the insurance market, what, what do you think the changes are going to be to the sector? And what, what do you think are going to be the successful businesses going forward? So, I mean, as we think about the insurance business, right, I mean, we believe strongly that, you know, the future insurance companies are going to be data and technology companies. At the heart of it, insurance is one of the oldest data science industries right so the the way data and analytics and technology needs to be adopted into insurance uh, is a lion's share of that needs to still happen so the, the existing companies which are able to evolve to that or new companies which make that the backbone of how they operate and create products are they are going to be the most successful ones the other key element of it, which I think would be as a function of setting it up in this is companies with very good efficient expense ratios will be able to stand out compared to the ones which don't. So uh, lean operating models, the right people doing the right work, leveraging technology wherever possible, uh, improving efficiency of underwriters and others using technology and data sciences. The, the if Any insurance entity which is able to imbibe that and put it at the heart and center and drive a culture around that is the one which is likely going to succeed and grow from there. The other thing which I would see happening is in the insurance industry is that there is going to be some kind of segregation between capital strength and underwriting strength. So the recent growth of MGAs across the world is a good testament to the fact that you know, on one hand you have capital and capacity providers, and on the other hand you have MGAs with good underwriting experience and product design and everything. So it, it's kind of creating a segregation wherein people of this expertise focus on the capital side and people on underwriting focus on that. I think that will be a key driver in the future too. And as an organization, we think about you know all these avenues. And if we can enable companies to be on this path, I think that would align with what we define as the purpose for our organization as well. And these are the trends, I think, which will lead to a good outcome, not just for the insurance industry, but to the society in general, because yeah. insurance is such a key part of a society's fabric, right? So it will do a world of good. <laughs> it certainly will. And I know that Exceedance is certainly at the forefront of helping the insurance industry to to achieve that which is which is great and it must be a real passion of yours for you Arun we now bring ourselves to the espresso round so called as the questions are short sharp and straight to the point so I know you like your cup of tea in the morning are you ready for an espresso yeah absolutely (laughs) brilliant stuff 
Brilliant stuff. The espresso round. Arun, what percentage of your employees are from an insurance background compared to a non-insurance background? I would break it up, right? I think every person we hire in the team which has experience, I mean, almost, I think somewhere over 60 to 70% would come in from the insurance industry background. At the same time, we hire a lot of fresh graduates as well who we train into uh, becoming a part of the insurance industry. Uh, so that's how I would weigh the, the balance. Wherever we have experience, it's north of 60%. Fantastic. And what value do you place then on a high-performing insurance career? What value can they bring to your business? So I think the value they bring to the business is about how things operate. And having been through the system of, uh, you know, of facing the challenges firsthand. I think some of our best business development and salespeople have been ex-underwriters who faced all the challenges which we are hoping to solve, right? So we're able to have a more educated conversation with their counterparts, wherein you're not selling a service. You're basically helping them, okay, this is how I used to Mm -hmm. do this. I hated it back then. I see you're still doing it like this maybe we can solve it, right? So what they bring is a wealth of experience mm-hmm. of how things happen in the industry and how it could be better. And what doesn't work is sometimes when people come in with this and they're set in their ways, right? It's like, okay, this is how it has always happened. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the flip side of experience, but uh, hopefully, you know, there haven't been many such cases for us. <laughs> no, brilliant. I think it's always great, especially when you're providing technology solutions to these companies, it adds so much more gravity if that person has firsthand experience themselves and can can see see the benefits that that technology can provide. What are the personalities that you look for when recruiting into your business? Yeah, so so the best description of people who fit well with an exceedance, uh, I think, are people who are you know have deep understanding and knowledge of the insurance industry, especially when they're coming, they understand the business. They are not arrogant. Arrogance doesn't work well at all within our organization. Uh, they should be able to roll up their sleeves and get into the weeds of things. If they have to be collaborative and have to be willing to get challenged, right? Because in many ways, we're challenging not our clients on how to do it, how we do things as well, right? So these are essentially the skill sets we look for. Yeah. And the underlying thing amongst all of this is the person needs to be secure about themselves and who they are and the role they have in the organization because uh, ours is a good working environment. We just don't like, you know, team members creating territories and getting too, you know, hound by that. So these are all the characteristics we look for when we are hiring experienced people from the industry to join our organization. Fantastic. And what opportunities would you be able to provide to these people compared to working for a traditional insurance carrier or a traditional brokerage? What would be the opportunities of working for a business like yours? Um, I think the biggest benefit would be exposure and we're not stuck in a particular function. So uh, somebody who comes from an underwriting background uh, into our team can work with uh, our underwriting services team could help work with our technology team in setting up the right workflows, uh, could have work with our actuarial team in product development. So 
the exposure you could get to the multiple aspects of the business and being able to go across all of these, I think is the biggest value. Mm. And we are still too small to get stuck by, you know, you're this function guy, you can't move. Often we are relying on people when a new opportunity comes in, we're looking for every experience which our team has and how we can get that onto that, right? So the diversity of functions and exposure to that, I think is the biggest value which we could offer to people who show faith in joining our organization. Yeah, it sounds like a great opportunity. And I know that you put an awful lot of weight onto a, and a lot of value onto a person who has got great insurance experience. Flipping things over slightly, though, are there any frustrations or any challenges, anything lacking, anything that you see lacking when recruiting people in from the insurance industry? I, I wouldn't say lacking, but, you know, I think historically, uh, the insurance industry has compartmentalized technology as a different function. Mm. Right? It was always like, okay, that's the tech department, that's the CIO's job. Whereas technology has made its way into every aspect of the insurance yeah. business, be it operations, be it actuarial, underwriting, everything. Right. So sometimes people who have spent a lot of time in organizations which have this compartmentalized seem to think of technology as like, I can't touch that. That's a different world. But I don't think we have the luxury anymore. No. Each one of us, uh, anybody who is interested in moving up to becoming an executive in an insurance company has to be comfortable with technology yeah. or at least enough to understand how it plays a role in the business. It's no more something which can be of that. So that's sometimes you run into that challenge. But like I said, you know, it's nothing unsurmountable. That compartmentalization sometimes mm -hmm. I feel you know, comes to the detriment of seasoned in industry executives. Yeah, absolutely. And leading on quite nicely from that, if there are insurance executives out there now working for traditional insurance businesses, but they're considering a move into either a startup or an insure tech business, what do you think they should be doing now in order to prepare themselves for a successful switch? So the first thing they should do is start, right? I think there's never been a better time. I think there's enough support out there, be it in the form of capital or, you know, partnership ecosystem. We have enabled so many insurtechs and MGAs in our journey, and they have become really successful across the world, right? So mm -hmm. on, I, I think the first thing they need to do is uh, to start it. And the next thing they need to do is give us a call and we'll help them start it and scale it also. So um, I say that in jest, but, you know, I, 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 I truly believe there isn't a better time than we are in today for uh, insurance industry executives to think about creating the next generation of carriers, NGAs, mm -hmm. because uh, right now we have a lot of technologies who are getting into this. So we see a lot of successful insurance companies coming in from the technology insurance background, technology background folks, um, and they've done a great job. I think if the insurance industry executives are to take the plunge, I think the outcomes could be better, if not the same, right? So just start it. There's no better time. <laughs> the time to start is now. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There speaks a serial entrepreneur there, that's for sure. It's almost the end of our time today in the insurance coffee house. But do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners? And 
how would they go about reaching out to you after the show? Oh, um, so the second part is easy. I'm always accessible on LinkedIn. People can always add me on there. The first part is, I mean, as in, so I was reading somewhere that, you know, the new generation or the new talent or the workforce which is coming into it is not choosing insurance as one of their top career choices. Uh, and when I look at what they're actually choosing, it's data science and technology. It seems ironical, right? <laughs> There's no industry which encapsulates data science and technology the way insurance does, right? So I think uh, people should think about this as a career which will have tremendous exciting opportunities in exploring, innovating, everything. And it has the stability of being there as well, right? Uh, yes. It was there 300 years ago. It will be there 300 years from now. Products might be different. Techniques would be different. But a society can't do without it. Mm -hmm. We need the new generation to think about this industry, put in their collective brain power, enthusiasm to create the next generation of insurance companies. So that's the one advice I would give, if any, to people on the fence about joining the insurance business, you know, because it's, it's it's one of the most fascinating businesses out there. And I think it's set up for the future, right? So this is probably Thank the best you. time to think about it. <laughs> it certainly is. It's a wonderful industry to be a part of. And there's so many great things happening, both with the technology businesses and also the incumbent, well-established players in the market there's some really interesting things that are happening and some great career opportunities out there for those particularly for those graduates coming out of school and college over the next few years arun thank you so much for your time today i've really enjoyed having you in the insurance coffee house i think it's certainly been a really great learning experience and i'm sure a lot of our listeners will have gained a lot from what you've had to say today so thanks very much uh, absolutely nick thank you for the opportunity again and you know uh, my closing comment would be one of the things which Seedens really hopes to do is to produce the next generation of insurance talent, uh, you know, future CIOs, CEOs, CXOs. Uh, the, the work you as a business are doing in furthering that uh, is tremendous. And we highly appreciate, you know, the, you helping us out in this journey as well. So thank you for Absolutely. that. Well, the pleasure is all ours, Arun. The pleasure is certainly all ours. And thank you for those very kind words to all the insurance and insure tech leaders out there, wherever you are listening around the world today. We thank you for tuning in. And I'm sure you would have gained a lot of valuable insights and learning from our guests today. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to download and subscribe to the pod to receive each one of our episodes directly into your app each week. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, or I'd like to learn more about the competitive advantage that podcasts can give to your business when attracting talent, please reach out to us at insurance-search.com or drop us a message on LinkedIn. Until next time, I've been Nick Codley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.